welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Bob, I couldn't wait to do this podcast with you because we're going to have incredible guests, questions and answer time, and just conversation between you and I. And here we are today. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome to you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we get to welcome each other's co-hosts. It's so fun. Well, I like uh, one of the people we have on, which is today, as a doctor who's seen a lot of miracles and has used his profession. I mean, he's an adrenaline junkie for sure. Used his profession for really a kingdom purpose. And a lot of times people in the medical field have asked me questions like, how do I hear from God in the medical field? Because they they correlate it to evangelism. Like, I'm not allowed to pray if I don't have chaplaincy for people that are patients in certain hospitals, or I can't go after healing. I can't share my faith with people directly because it's a violation of some of the mandates. And they feel almost guilty, like I'm not being a real Christian if I'm not sharing my faith at my work on my job site, which is one of the one of the things that you and I have gone after, especially in our book that's going to come out next year, which is hearing God's voice is not first for evangelism. It's actually to build you up in your identity and also to, to build Christ in you and also to allow you to understand what Christ is building through you. And then evangelism is a byproduct of that, not the direct, you know, kind of the goal. And so let's talk about that for a minute. Well, early in my career, uh, when I was actually painting um, and I was young in the church, people always needed a job. So Lauren normally would say, can you give so-and-so a job? Can you give so-and-so <laughs> yes, a job? Yes, wife. Uh-huh. And I would be painting with with these believers who would paint a little bit and then talk about the Lord more and then paint a little bit and then talk about the Lord. Finally, I would say, hey, what are you doing? And they would say something like, I'm being a Christian. I'm sharing the Lord. Uh, these people need to know the Lord. And I would say something like, you know, very pastoral, like, not here, you're not. <laughs> we need to get this job finished and we totally. have to be on another job tomorrow. So if you want to share the Lord, just do it after work. Yeah. It's such a conflict of interest though, right? Because you're, you're ingrained by maybe your church structure, especially if it's very missional, that your whole job, your whole career is supposed to be to get people saved directly. And so you see that even like mission schools will send out their you know students to malls and say, go evangelize. And they'll go up to like the coffee store worker or the clothing store worker and why they're on their job and try and minister to them. And it's like, that's actually a violation of the culture of honor or understanding how God works. If you think about it, because you're taking that employee away from their store, from their job, from the employer. It's it's a robbery in a way, right? So to be able to, you can do the same thing by just going and saying, when's your break? Can we take a break with you? We have something to share with you. We've done that many times versus actually trying to interrupt someone from their job. But there's this mentality that whatever you do to evangelists is more important and trumps the job because the job's not sacred. And that's where I think it's so interesting if we can just get back to the conversation of your job and your assignment with God, if you're doing it unto God as worship. And it is sacred. Exactly. So <clears throat> we have people all the time, even in the large scale business that we do now, ask us, why are you different? Wow. And, and and normally my answer, the first answer is, well, because we believe we're a service company. And and you know, you have hired us. And so what what we want to do is be the best service company out of all these other subcontractors on your job. Yeah. And Further down the road, they'll say, you know, well, we understand you're a service company, but why are you guys different? I mean, you guys actually say you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And when we're in meetings where 
where we're taking point counterpoint. You're not cussing and yelling at us. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, I know I'm a contractor. And I don't cuss and yell at you. Isn't that weird? It's kind of weird. <laughs> but this is where the father heart of God comes. If we can be bent towards the heart of the father in heaven and then display that out to the people yeah. we're working with or working for, who are our customers or our vendors, they're going to see a difference. Well, and you even uh, last weekend, you were telling me about one of the projects you guys are painting where they, they actually needed you or hoped that you guys can come in and paint over the weekend with massive overtime by eight o'clock Monday morning. That was just this weekend. Yeah. You had to do this job that took tons of people, yeah. tons of work, and yeah. you guys got it done. You guys did it and you did it with a great attitude. And that right there, if they start to investigate, because I'm sure there's a million people on this particular project, the other contractors of different types who are like not as nice about it. Like, oh man, you, you're just ruining my weekend. We need this much more. We need to do this. But you guys just came in with like a humble attitude of like, we're going to get it done. And you guys keep getting hired because of that, all kinds of jobs because you're safe. And then that creates a conversation sometimes between other people that say, how come you're like this? Yeah. It's the notion of let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And, and so today on the podcast, we're going to talk to Dr. Michael, who, who is a, as a, as a trauma surgeon, he works in an emergency room. He has the highest stress job you could have. Totally. And well, except for his last job, which I don't know if we'll talk about today, but when he was a SWAT team surgeon, (laughs) (laughs) you know, no big deal, no big deal, (laughs) no big deal. And and so, but we're, we're going to talk to him about these things and the listeners are going to love his humility. And you can tell by his cadence that he's just so mellow and grounded in the Lord. So let's get right into the interview. I'm excited about this. Yeah, Dr. Michael's going to be amazing. Well, I'm here with my co-host, Bob Hassan, and we're talking to Michael Arce today. And I'm so excited about Dr. Michael, just what you're doing and who you are. And you've had a long-term friendship with Bob, but this is my first time meeting you. I'm so glad to meet you. It's so awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad to be able to be be here with you guys. Uh, We're so happy you're here, Doc. And... um, you know, you're you're an emergency room doc down in, in San Diego, which we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how you've how you've heard God in some pretty amazing um, in some pretty amazing instances. But we're also we want to talk about GenRev, which is your passion, the business that you and your wife are building. And um, when when we I'm already talking, scheduling an appointment, by the way, for next time I'm down. Yeah, oh, let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> Good thing that there's telemedicine now. If <laughs> oh, that's true, I can do it on the phone. Yeah, the that's one right. cool thing that's happened with COVID is we're all used to now Zoom and telemedicine. And so, if you want to be a patient of Dr. Michael's for his rejuvenative and regenerative um, practice, all you have to do is figure out how to call in, and we'll tell you how to get a hold of him. I know. I, I hit 46, and I was like, I need. And then we, I'm getting introduced to you, and I'm like, I need this. 46 is an age where you start to realize. I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> it really is. There's a little switch that happens. You're like, it is. I'm there. like, no one told me about the switch. Bobby <laughs> didn't tell me about the switch. Something's happening. <laughs> I'm so thing. old. I'm so old now. I don't remember the switch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, Doc, you, you tell us about faith in your medical career. Has it always been a part of it? Did you, how do you, how do you navigate uh, kind of the, this high stress emergency room and faith. Yeah, that's a well, it's a big question. Um, I would say, you know, early in my medical career, I, I probably, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been saved for a long time, but um, I wouldn't say I necessarily 
um, walked away from God, but I sort of slid into the world, you know what I mean? And so a lot of, um, uh, a lot of the amazing things that happened to me, um, and I recognize them as, you know, God opening doors and, um, really placing very, um, uh, crucial people in my life to speak into my life and sort of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. lift me up, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I recognize mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and, you know, I couldn't, I'm like, you know, I, I couldn't really figure it out at first. And I was like, you know, what, what's really happening here? Like, this is amazing. This is definitely not me. I know this is God, but how, like, how is this happening? Yeah. And when it, when I like looking back on it now, I really see that what he was trying to do is he's trying to show me, you know, you, you can't earn this. You can't earn what you're doing right now. You could mm, not have done this, good. but um, I'm giving it to you because I just love you that much. And wow. there's nothing, there's nothing you could do to earn this. This is, you know, and he just wanted to walk with me through it and just really kind of hold my hand through the whole thing. And this huge revelation happened to me, um, you know, maybe four years ago when I was, I was working in the emergency department at the time and, and I still am, but um, I was, you know, I was, I was caught in this, sort of, I felt like limbo where like I was seeing miraculous things happen in the church, you know, people were being prayed for and healed miraculously. And I'm like, why? I want to do that. You know, that's amazing. You know? And, and then I'm like, on the other side of this, like my medical mind and training. And I'm like, Oh, does that make me irrelevant? You know, like, how does that, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I'm trying to like consolidate the two. And I'm like, well, you know, I feel like I'm switching hats, you know, like, yeah, I, I pray for people in the emergency department. Sometimes I see something amazing. Sometimes I don't. And then, you know, I, you know, and so I switch hats to something medical and I'm kind of doing what I know how to do and what I'm trained to do. And, um, I kept kind of, I don't know. I felt like I kept oscillating between these two worlds and then, Mm. and then something happened. Um, you know, uh, this, uh, middle-aged patient came in, um, you know, when you, when you work in the emergency department, you learn to recognize people who are very sick right away, even though you don't know what's going on exactly. Wow. And this guy came in, he's, he looked very sick. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I know where to start. So we started working on stuff. And then suddenly um, he goes unconscious and we lose his pulses. So he, mm. he goes into cardiac arrest. And I'm like, what just happened? You know, like I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, why, you know, I start the initial part of his hesitation, which is, you know, very ru- uh, routine and we're kind of doing that. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going through everything in my mind and his daughter's in the room and I'm like, oh, this is you know, this is, um, this is one of those high stretch situations that, you know, I would have to say, this is, this is where I realized that the mind of Christ is a real thing. Wow. Like hmm. all of a sudden, like there's just this peace that happens in the room. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not panicked. I'm feel very calm. Like my, I don't even think my heart rate goes up and it's just like, um, and everybody in the room is calm because of it. You know what I mean? It just, there's just this peace about what's happening, even though, you know, it's just a chaotic thing. Things are flying all over the place and we're kind of working fast, but, and I'm, and then I, I step back and this is the first time I do this and really kind of put this whole thing together, but I step back and I'm, and I, I, for the first time I was like, God, what just happened? And, um, and I got an answer and he says, he says, look at the monitor. And I looked at the monitor and immediately I was like, oh, this is hyperkalemia. Like just like just wow. out of nowhere, you know that's something we kind of go through. It's his potassium was really high, which makes your heart stop. And so, like, I kind of step back and I'm like, "Well, I know what happened." All right, so like, I start giving him a bunch of medications to kind of hide the 
high potassium away from his heart and we get pulses back and he comes back and, you know, he, you know, he didn't regain consciousness right away, but he went to the ICU and later was discharged from the hospital. Totally fine. And that's so awesome. Um, it was amazing, you know, and it was the first time that I, f- I realized that like, you know, that there isn't, um, you know, a miraculous and a, and a, you know, conventional medicine thing happening here. There's, there's two things, there's, these two things are really one thing for me anyway. And that, yeah. and God, God just like later on, he's really revealed to me. He said, you know, I, I didn't give you this opportunity, this training, all this, I didn't give you all this like knowledge to, to not use it. And I want you to use both. I want you to use them at the same time. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, you know, talking to Bob about one of the stories about how you've had a lot of people come in and they actually want just prescription medicine because they might be addicts or users. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that came in, you know, also was whatever was happening. You were thinking that he possibly could be one of those, but you actually had a word of God. Yeah, totally. Story. Totally did. And everybody in the department felt the same way. They're like, get this guy out of here. He's just like, he's causing problems. And, you know, he was screaming in pain and, you know, he's a young guy, had some medical problems, but, you know, nothing to think of what was actually unfolding here. But a young guy was just like, you know, you know, um, causing a big disturbance. And everybody was like, you know, he just wants pain medicine, let him go and be done with it. And I was like, yeah, I get that feeling too. But, um, and I, and I wanted to discharge him, but then then um, I told, clearly heard, get the CAT scan. You have wow. to get the CAT scan. And so I was like, I don't even know what I'm CAT scanning, but I'm going to do it. You know, <laughs> so, like he was complaining of kind of upper abdominal, lower chest pain kind of area. So I get a check, get the CAT scan and I find an aortic dissection that um, is ruptured and he's going to die if I don't do something. Oh wrong. my gosh. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't, I listened, I listened, I was paying attention and I did the thing, you know? So like, I was like, it was amazing. And, um, you know, he, he went on to surgery and, you know, was discharged from the hospital just fine. But Wow. Well, Doc, um, let me ask you a question. Um, for the people listening, you've, you've mentioned a few times that you hear God. So how do you hear God? What, what does it explain to our listeners when you're in the marketplace, when you're in the ER, when you're in a high stress environment, how have you learned to hear God? What does it sound like? Or explain that to us. Yeah. Um, I think in some respects, I've, um, I've kind of done this um, ever since I was kind of a young guy, but um, I, it's kind of like the way I try to explain this to my wife is uh, I, I feel like, um, you know, those old dial up radios, like, I feel like <laughs> I can like, like uh, manipulate the knob a little bit and wow. all of a sudden something comes in clearly and I feel it's more a feeling for me. Like I yeah. feel like just super calm and peaceful. And, and, and then I hear, I don't hear like the audible voice, but I, I hear the words, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know how else to explain that, but I hear the words and they're very clear and it's like, and, and very precise. And, um, and there's no, there's no question about what I need to do next, you know? And it's not, I know it's not me because most, most of this stuff I wouldn't even come up with. <laughs> that he gives totally. me. I'm like, okay, I don't understand that, but I'm going to go for it, you know, kind of a thing. And um, that, that's probably the best way I can explain that. That is such a great way to explain it. Cause we all hear from God a little bit differently, but we have things in common, which is he mostly speaks through impressions or internally and we have to learn how to distinguish or discern when it's him or not. And I love that you're talking about it as, I mean, you, 
you must be an adrenaline junkie. I mean, you're like in this major, you know, <laughs> emergency room situation going, here we go, you know, like, but to be able to hear God in that environment, I'm sure there's other medical professionals who are on here are like, how can I make my faith relevant where I work, not just in the other context of life? And so to hear you, I'm sure is very inspirational. Well, I want to talk to you about your business because you and your wife started a business. You're starting, it's been for a while now, but you guys are like really launching. Mm-hmm. Talk about what it is and talk about why. What is the why behind it? Oh man, that's good. Um, so um, we call it GenRev. Um, and what it really is, is um, a combination of things really. And what we've noticed is healthcare really falls short when um, it comes yeah. to um, primary care, preventative medicine, um, you know, those kind of things. And really the idea behind it is we don't want, um, we feel like everything's really divided right now. You know, you go to um, conventional medicine, you go to your primary care doctor, you go to, you know, the hospital, you go to an internal medicine doctor, you go to all these subspecialists, whether it's, you know, a cardiologist or GI or neurologist or those things. And it's really subdivided in that respect. And then on the other side of things, you know, if you want to encounter God or you want like, you know, um, miraculous healing for something or, you know, the supernatural, then you go to, you know, um, religious leaders or a church that, that believes in it, you know? And so like, and then you go, you you have particular counselors or health coaches or, um, you know, lifestyle coaches and those kind of things that are all kind of spread out, nutritionists, all those things. Totally. And what we want to do is bring all that under one, one roof. And so, wow. yeah, so we do a lot of uh, regenerative medicine, which is really, um, it's uh, sort of a combination of preventative medicine. Um, you know, people used to call it maybe anti-aging and that, that kind of thing. But really the idea is, is if you can, if you can slow aging and reverse it, um, your chance of contracting a, you know, a chronic medical condition is very low, you know? And so that's kind of the idea or people that do have chronic medical conditions or, um, you know, just, just issues, you know, like, you know, people have like GI issues all the time and, you know, yeah. they're like, man, no matter what I, whatever I do, would I change my diet? I just, I, I end up with abdominal discomfort or bloating or whatever, you know, something as simple as that, but being able to kind of pull all of that and, um, and say, there's really a root cause to what's going on. Let's go find it and let's, wow. let's fix it, you know? And that's kind of, that's kind of what that overall arching theme of what we're doing. So you, you are the medical doctor, but you have a whole host of other technicians that mm-hmm. can, from physical therapists, um, that, that can help in different areas. Talk about that. I mean, how do you, in, how do you find markers? Do you do blood tests? Do you do mm-hmm. saliva tests? What do you, how do yeah. you think, what's the battery that you do? Uh, and what is the demographic of, of your, your perfect patient? Oh yeah, it's, um, we're we're caring for pretty much everybody. I think our youngest patient right now is eleven years old. Um, nice. Um, it's a eleven year old with autism, so like we're kind of working on that, and then all the way to like um, I have seventy plus year olds that are mm-hmm. wanting to um, you know do hormone replacement therapy or whatever it is they want to do, and so like it's it's kind of the spectrum, which you know is is challenging, but you know, a lot of fun and keeps, keeps everybody very interested because there's this huge <laughs> spectrum of what we're doing, you know, so it's kind of fun. Um, but we've, um, right now what we have, we have a, um, a physical therapist, we have, um, an IV infusionist. Um, so we do a bunch of IV medications and stuff like that. Um, we also have, um, 
we're also growing and expanding, but um, right now I'm doing the nutrition and supplementation and medical part of things. And um, later we'll fold in a nutritionist and a chiropractic care and soft tissue work and um, kind of always expanding some, um, some, some other cosmetic things that we'll end up doing later on. But um, we're really trying to kind of do what we do well up front and then kind of add in as we go. Well, tell me this, because you kind of talked about how you got involved with this, but you didn't really tell like the why, like what started this journey? Like, why did you guys decide to do this kind of a clinic? Yeah, it's really because there's, there wasn't really anything out there like it. Yeah. And we felt like, um, you know, God really put on us. It's really interesting. God really put on our hearts to do what we thought was a quote unquote wellness center, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of way back, like we're talking, my wife and I first met, like maybe. 14 years now, something like that. Some, some, somewhere around there, 14 years ago, we were kind of like, Hey, we both have this vision or idea of this thing. And we didn't know about, you know, um, how <laughs> we didn't know really well how God was speaking to us at the time, but looking back, we're like, Oh my gosh, that was totally interesting how that <laughs> happened. But yeah. then like, as time unfolded, you know, we kind of like, um, I, I got really caught up into the medical side of things and training and and um, kind of emergency medicine. I was like, well, you know, I totally forgot about the wellness center thing. And then um, God kind of slammed us with it again. He's like, hey, don't wow. you remember? Do you remember this thing? Wow. And and both of us at the same time, and we both came together and we're like, hey, you know, I got this, I re-remembered I re- the wellness thing. And and my wife was like, I, I was getting the same thing. And we're like, okay, what what's going on here? And so like, we, we were talking about it, we were praying about it. And we're like, well, I think, I think God's setting this up for us to do this. And then, um, and as soon as we said yes, uh, it was like this cascade of things opened up for us. And it was like, we relocated, like we were living in Reading at the time, uh, California, and we came, um, <laughs> I mean, he opened an amazing position for me down in San Diego. So like, and we were like, okay, well, I think we're supposed to launch this in San Diego. And um, it's, it's probably a pretty long and detailed story for that, but <laughs> Um, yeah, but, um, it was just, it was just really amazing. So that's kind of what the the inspiration was. It was really, um, God re-remembering, uh, re-reminding us of what was, what, wow. what he put in our hearts a long time ago. And, and then looking around, we're like, you know what, you can't do this. I don't, I can't find this anywhere else. Like nobody's doing this. Let's, I think he, he really wants us to do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And I can attest to it because I, you know, I met you and, um, you asked me a few questions and I could tell that you're really smart, but even more than that, you're a researcher and I, and and you're a scientist and you really do care about how people feel. And you look at all these different markers. And so you started to treat me and I've, you know, I feel a lot different and, um, you know, I'm fighting you on some of the supplementation that you're giving me, but (laughs) at the end of the day, you know, I'm feeling better, much better. And, um, you're, you're a functional exercise guy and you've been an athlete and a personal trainer. So you're looking at the whole body and we, we throw the word around in Christianity holistic, but really what you're doing is this holistic medicine that, that is encompassing uh, um, our spiritual being and our mind and our body. And it, it, it is, it's amazing. And I see, I know that God's going to bless this practice and this business as it grows. And I, 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 there's not a question in here except more of 
you know, I just see the favor of God on you and that you have, that you have uh, heard his voice and you're following it. I, I think it's interesting too. And I'm wondering okay. if you could tell us maybe one uh, challenge that you've been facing in starting this clinic. That's a spiritual challenge, which is a natural one. And then maybe one of the, one of the God stories, one of the glory moments that was like, this is encouraging me to go on. Cause I know many people are trying to start things right now that don't exist and they could even be disruptions from current systems that do exist. And this is probably one of those disruptors. If you guys start a successful or you have started a successful clinic and you keep adding these things to it. And there's been a lot of people who've had this vision, but not many people have been brave enough to do it. It's going to be a disruptor to some traditional health models. So mm-hmm. do you have one, one challenging story and then one breakthrough kind of story? Oh man, there's been a ton of challenges. Like you, you hit it right on the head. Like, um, every, like, especially launching this thing, like as we're kind of ramping up and everything and everything is so hard, like everything, mm. it's like, it could be the most simple, like, you know, um, like organizing our workflow, like for example, totally. like, and, um, working with other vendors, like our lab vendors, we had to like fire two lab vendors because they they just they just weren't coming through and it's like for no reason it was like what is going on you guys like you know you know what you're doing you know how to do this i don't understand what's happening and like um every every single step was a challenge and like you know week after week i'd somehow end up on my knees like please like i don't understand like you asked us to do it i've never been challenged like this you know from from this, this perspective, you know, I've been, obviously I've been super challenged intellectually and with, um, um, exhaustion and other, other problems, you know, that I expect coming into the medical world, but not like this, you know, like this yeah. was different, you know, and it was just like, you know, I couldn't get a hold of everybody. And my wife and I are like really trying to put this thing together. And every, every place was like a, a new challenge. And yeah. so that's, you're totally right. Like there's been so much opposition in that respect. Um, for the most part with, with patients, like everybody is like, I love what you're doing. I love this. This is awesome. Like I'm, I'm sending more people to you. There's like, they, people need this, you know, kind of a thing. That's the been response. I would say I've had a, I've had, um, like several patients, but two patients in particular that were just like, um, my, my life was, was a mess, you know, before we got started. And this Mm -hmm. is like, four months into treatment, you know, like my, my, they're like, they're in tears, you know, my life was a mess. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Um, awesome. I've been to so many doctors mm-hmm. and every, I just, people think, you know, they're sending me to psychiatrists because they don't, they don't believe what's, you know, what's going on with me. You know, like if they think it's a mental problem that I'm having or something like that. And they're like, I feel oh. so much hope and so much mm-hmm. you know relief. And I'm, I'm actually making progress. And, you know, those kind of like, they, they just, like we can get bombarded all day and then I get um, an email or a voicemail like that. And I'm like, Oh, I, let's go. I'm fired up. Let's go. Let's do it again. You know, like <laughs> I'm just ready to go, you know? So, so good. it's been amazing. Well, I think in the marketplace, Michael, what we're all looking for is people to trust, whether they're vendors, whether you're in the construction business or somebody's coming into your house all the way to being a doctor. And, you have this character and what you're finding is your patients are telling you, Oh, you listen to me and we can trust you. And, you know, I think this is a great way to close this. And 
I'm so thankful that you're so trustworthy, that you have such amazing character. And, you know, both Sean and I know that God's going to put put favor down on this business venture along with your medical practice. And we recognize you're doing two jobs. You're you're going to the ER, you're practicing, and then you're coming and you're you're building a business with your wife. So, you know, we just we just want to just speak favor and blessing over yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. And and we want to thank you for spending the time to talk to us and tell us these stories and be vulnerable. So one of the things that is exciting for our listeners, for you guys who are listening, Michael actually is available. Dr. Michael can serve you no matter where you're at, probably in America, I would assume, but wherever. <laughs> so how do people get a hold of you? Oh, that's a good question. You can um, probably email is probably best. Um, you can email me at um, Dr. Michael MD at Genrev, it's G-E-N hyphen R-E-V dot org. Perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You guys, you guys are amazing, man. I just want to, man, Bob, you've been such a blessing to me in particular. You're an amazing friend and um, I just love your heart, man. You have such an amazing father's heart and uh, I just, uh, I just, I just love you so much. And, and Sean, I, I mean, it's first time meeting you, but I love everything you do, man. You're amazing. I love oh. how God speaks through you. It's just, it's, it's life-giving. No question about it. Well, I'm glad that my doctor likes me because I'm now adopting you. <laughs> well, stay tuned. Thank you, Dr. Michael. Stay tuned because Bob and I will be answering your questions next. Welcome to the Exploring Series podcast with me, Sean Bowles. We're now up to three episodes a week with three different themes. Join me every Monday for Exploring the Industry, where we have powerful conversations with Christians and entertainment industries around the world who have stories about how their faith is impacting their career in the world around them. Join us Wednesdays in one of the most listened to podcasts in Christianity, Exploring the Prophetic, where I get to interview people from every walk of life about how hearing from God has changed their world and the world around them. Then come download every Friday's edition where we're exploring the marketplace with my co-host, Bob Hassan, where we have powerful interviews and we answer questions from listeners like you who have careers in the marketplace. Come take a seat in our conversation and ask your questions and subscribe to the Exploring Series where we go on one journey together to see what it looks like to have a living relationship with Jesus in every kind of life imaginable. Now it's time for questions and answers with Sean and Bob. Sean, we have Luis from, from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. I'm a pastor of the city of Morelon, Guanajuato, Mexico. And my question is how God uh, talks about new and creative idea for business. Thank you. Have a nice day. Luis, this is one of the questions that a lot of people are going after right now is we don't want to do things as business as usual. We want to get creative and ingenuitive innovative ideas from God. Here's what I love about our podcast is you're hearing those people who are getting those. And when you hear from God, he provides solutions that could take a generation to bring, but he brings it all at once. So I would say, you know, prayer, not striving prayer, but just saying, God, would you give me in our church or me as a businessman, not just a pastor, uh, spiritual and practical ideas to solve problems in our area that are business ideas that can make money, that can create resources. And I've seen people do this who are architects, people who do, who do this who are doctors, people who do this who are just into luxury businesses, all kinds of ways. And I actually know a lot of people in Mexico because Mexicans have an inherent prophetic anointing on them as a country. And so it's really amazing that I've met Mexicans throughout all these years who have an, an, a very special business anointing. So I'm encouraged. I think something's going to come on you after this. 
Yeah, Luis, and one of the things that I like to talk about, I, I like to ask this question, what are you interested in? What is your passion? And for all, all of us listening, God gives us business ideas that are already in our hearts. How do we monetize them is, 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 another, is another question. But simply looking at where, what are you passionate about? What, I've seen so many people making money now, making yeah. masks because of COVID. Yeah. And maybe people weren't passionate about that, but they were able to shift and adjust and say, oh my gosh, we're going to, I know somebody who knows how to sew. And so we're going to start making masks. Yeah. And sometimes it's as simple as that, but don't be isolated. Don't be compartmentalized. Get with a group of trusted advisors and begin to pray into it. Like Sean said. Now we have a question from Pierre. Good morning. My name is Pierre. I work in the health industry as an ophthalmic surgeon in the private sector. And uh, I'd just love to know from you practically, how do I find the balance between providing excellent professional service and just ushering in the presence of God, being led by the Holy Spirit to demonstrate God to people? Um, practically, how do we do this well? I'd love your input on that. Pierre, that's a great question. I'm so glad that you're a surgeon, you're working in the healthcare industry. It's it's really funny. I've got a couple friends who are surgeons and and one of my friends who's a friend now is my back surgeon. And when my wife and I went in uh for me to have back surgery a number of years ago, he sat with us and prayed with us. Wow. Now he knew we were believers. Yeah. But later uh in my as my relationship grew with him, he said that he prays for all of his surgeries, whether they're so believers good. or not. And and this is one of this is an amazing surgeon, and he just brought the peace of God in the pre-op room. And so his method to his madness is is he he believes in Jesus, he walks with Jesus, and he just brings that into his patients to give them comfort. So I think that could be a good way for you to begin to bring your faith into your practice. And I'm, I'm sure you probably do that some degree, Pierre, but I, I would say you don't recognize the power of that if right. you're asking the question how important it is. And, uh, and recognize that because like Bob was one of the ones who got to know his surgeon prayed. But just think of all the people who were treated differently because they had that encounter. They were filled with a kingdom atmosphere. When you think of how stressful surgery is, how hard it is, and especially, you know, what you're doing. And so I, I would encourage you, take it seriously that what you're doing in your spiritual life is impacting the natural in a massive way. Even if you're not seeing direct miracles as far as healing, it doesn't matter. You're seeing the miraculous nature of God fill, fill places that are not normally looked or understood that God would fill. That's so good. And the scripture that comes to mind is the peace of God that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is that, a surgeon, a surgeon's hands supernaturally heals. Yeah. Now in the church, we pray for supernatural healing. And sometimes when you go have surgery, people are like, well, I thought, I, you know, why didn't you get healed? And my answer always is I got healed because I had this amazing surgeon and God healed me through the surgeon. Wow. So the power, like you just said, Sean, is so amazing. Now, I will say on a practical note, um, we have friends, one of the guys who was even on our podcast here who... Some of them have started medical clinics or work in medical clinics that are served by Christian, you know, organizations or Christian belief system. 
And there's a lot of Christian hospitals where we're at in America. So there's places where you can go and actually work and express your faith more. If you're not in that kind of environment, it doesn't mean that you have to be totally stealth, though. You just have to find out within the context of your HR uh, departments and within the context of your system of what you work in, what is okay and what's not okay, and test the limits. So good. Thanks so much for the question. Our next question is from a listener, Leslie. You're talking about marketplace ethics. I just wanted to know if you're a partner with somebody and um, they don't consult you, but they make a commitment that you're not happy with, you're not comfortable with. It's against your ethics, your personal ethics. So hard. And um, you don't really want to go ahead with the deal. So how do you do that? You've got to honor your partner because it's a partnership, but at the same time, you don't want to do it because it's against your personal ethics. How do you act in such a situation? Leslie, thanks for asking that question. It's such a hard yeah. position to be in when you're uh, yoked with somebody. That's when the Bible says don't be unequally yoked. And I don't say that at all to put shame on your partnership because there could be, have been a good circumstance for this partnership the whole time. And then that person you know, manifested a decision that's just not in your value system. And Leslie, I heard in your question that you said that you want to honor your partner, which is um, really, really an amazing attribute. But if I flip this on you and said, is your partner honoring you? You mm. deserve to be honored. So I believe that you need to go have a real hard conversation with your partner and say, listen, this goes against my morals. This goes against my ethics. And you've made this decision and I'm uncomfortable with it. And if I had it to do, I would unwind this decision. So good. And then see if you can come to terms uh, with your partner. Um, but I, I think you're valuable and you're valued and you deserve to be honored. And I'd like you to just pray about that and sit before the Lord with that thought about you, that he cares about you and loves you that much. And I'm going to add to what Bob's saying and just say, um, what if Jesus, if you do consider Jesus as, you know, part of your business, what if you looked at him as a third partner, how would he feel? And I think if you look at him as like a, he's an equal partner to this somehow, then I think it'll change the way you're, you're going to relate to this person and also change the way you're going to relate to your own value for yourself, like Bob's saying. So I just think, you know, there's times that we compromise, not if it's ethical or moral, but there's times that we compromise um, and then we just don't do it anymore. And then there's other times where it's just not worth the, the compromise no matter what we lose. And we know that if we stand, if we take a stand for God, we're persecuted. He, we're always blessed, blessed with the persecuted. So this is one of the ways that marketplace people get persecuted is they take an ethical or moral stand. And if they do, it looks bad immediately and it may cost them immediately, but we know that you will be blessed. Oh, Leslie, thank you so much for your question. And we pray that you get a great resolution. And that was our question and answer time with Sean and Bob. If you want to ask a question, please go to bullsministries.com where you can click on the graphic for asking a question on Exploring the Marketplace and record your question for us next time. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.